We are live. Hey, welcome to Table Chat. Table this Chat Live. Is, uh, Table Chat version. Live. This is Father Ben and Father Matt. Hey. You can tell we're priesting today because Ben has his purple v-neck on and I've got... This is a new shirt, by the way. And you got your cheetah hat on? I got my cheetah hat on. <laughs> this, is a, you... this is a new shirt, by the way. Oh, is it? Yeah. I get this is the this is the shirt I get when I get when I need to get a new t-shirt. They're ten dollars at Kohl's. Oh, oh, you have your. Sh- that's interesting. That mm-hmm. that makes total sense, Ben. That yeah. you would have your shirt. I don't like to spend any time like trying to figure out what I'm going to wear. I just oh, love man. just having most of my shirt. This is a departure from me. Most of my shirts are black. That's really funny. Just like for, forget. I don't want to think about it. So. That's really funny. Um, well. Uh, it looks good on you. Thank you. You look good. Thank you. Um, <laughs> what are we talking about today? Well, okay. So we we had uh, a thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, we caught a thought. <laughs> <laughs> to quote a preacher. Stephen Furtick. Uh, we caught a thought about perhaps... Um, doing a class this fall. We're preaching through the uh, living the politics of Jesus and a partisan America. And we thought about doing a class in the evening where we would um, discuss, we're preaching through the Sermon on the Mount. We're using two books. One is a um, Sky Jathani book. Looking to see if I have it. I got it. Oh, you want to hold it up maybe so people can see? Is it reversed or can you guys, is it, it's correct? Oh no, I see it correct okay. here. Uh, what I see if it Jesus here. was serious? It says... Yeah. Yeah, and it's got uh, it's like a little mini commentary on the book of uh, on the Sermon on the Mount, but there's like, little like all these little pictures in it. I don't, I don't know. know. Does Sky, Sky do all the pictures? Is he I don't know artist? if he. I think he does, but I, I don't want to speak for him. <laughs> okay. Last last time Give I spoke for him, his lawyers messaged me. <laughs> um, it's on no, the Sermon I, on the Mount. Yeah. Yes, it's on little, the Sermon on the Mount. Super easy to read. We love Sky. He's a he's a friend of ours. Um, and he's written a, he's a really clear, powerful thinker. And we're also using this book, Scandalous Witness, a little yes. political manifesto for Christians. And we had Lee Camp on our podcast recently to talk about that. And so we're we're saying, you know, if on the Jesus, podcast, right, if we're going to take Jesus's kingship seriously, mm. and if Jesus wasn't uh, trying to curry favor from the Romans, he wasn't trying to help the Sadducees keep power. He wasn't trying to overthrow both of them, but he actually lived and spoke and taught as though his kingdom was not of this sort of dominant system of logic of how the world works. My kingdom is not of this cosmos. And mm-hmm. so, um, I don't know. We just were taking the Sermon on the Mount as sort of his kingdom manifesto, his mm constitution of the kingdom of God. And right on. It, it lives a little differently than um, maybe uh, Sadducees or Romans, and maybe it lives differently than Democrats or Republicans. Yep. Uh, doesn't fit so, into that schema. Yeah, it doesn't. So you then, this Sunday, preached. And so uh, so we talked about doing a class, and then we thought, no, people don't need another Zoom meeting. Then we talked about just doing like a podcast, and we thought, you know, maybe we could... I know there's a lot of people following this sermon series. Um, we're in a really divisive, heated time in our country. Uh, maybe we could do a Facebook live thing where people could chime in, chat with us, mm-hmm. uh, ask questions if they wanted um, live. And then we could also release it as a podcast. So this is kind of a hybrid yeah. 
hybrid yeah. conversation slash podcast. Yes. Is that right? And for future, yeah. And uh, we're going to get more voices in here, not just Matt and I. Um, no, yes. Uh, whoever, whoever preached the previous sermon, um, that was me this time, so it's just you and I today. But um, whoever preached the sermon from the previous Sunday will be on here. Uh, and then, you know, just other people that maybe have thoughts or reflections. Um, we'd like this for to kind of be a... Um, uh, yeah, an extended conversation for our church uh, that we yes. can maybe do via this kind of hybrid format. So yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah. And so Ben, you, you kicked us off this past Sunday, uh, preaching mm -hmm. sort of um, the, the beginning of not, not the actual Beatitudes, but sort of Jesus is sitting on a mountaintop and teaching people. And uh, could you just maybe summarize in two minutes what you preached? I will try. Because Ben, um, I've got some questions. Like five minutes ago. What no, if I do um, it? I could do it. Yep. Uh, no, I can try. All right, go for um, it. And let me know if there's uh, aspects you want uh, in there. But um, well, but yeah. Know. So the first sermon, the first sermon was kind of framing uh, the Sermon on the Mount, um, and, and essentially it's kind of leading up to like what is the sermon? What happened immediately before? Um, kind of how does it frame Jesus' ministry? Mm -hmm. So uh, the good news we proclaimed was that into the ramped up rivalries of election cycle politics, Jesus comes to do nothing less than establish a new political order, embodying and proclaiming a completely new way of being human together that takes us beyond the polarities of partisan America into the healing justice of the kingdom of God present among us. The question we asked was, what do you need to leave behind today in order to follow Jesus and learn his politics? And so yeah. the text, um, the main text that we preached from was Matthew 4, 17 through 5, 1 and 2, when he just is getting ready to teach. And this is basically Jesus' announcement of his uh, mission. He says, repent yeah. for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of the heavens it has arrived. It is at hand. Here it is. Repent and believe this good news. So essentially, um, I mean, we, we took care of some misreadings of the Sermon on the Mount that allow us to dismiss it. Uh, but then we got into the text and said that ultimately here, what Jesus is saying is, through me, a new political reality is, has come. Um, right. The kingdom of heaven is not going to heaven when you die. It's a new political reality. Jesus embodies it in his ministry. Jesus proclaims it in his preaching. Uh, he teaches then his disciples how to live in it. And then he, he calls immediately after he announces this as his mission, he calls disciples and they leave their nets. They leave their father uh, in their boat and they go and they follow Jesus. And then immediately into that is Jesus saying, okay, here's how you live in my politics. Here's how you live in my kingdom. And he begins the sermon on the Mount. Um, so that was it. That's the sermon essentially. Yeah. Good, good work, Ben. I have lots of questions for you though. Okay. Okay. The ready? sermon was only 16 minutes, so there's only so much you can do. This is part of the reason we want to do these uh, little chats. Yeah, little chats. Um, the first is uh, I, I, I hear from a lot of people that they're sick and tired of how mm. politicized religion mm. has become. Mm -hmm. So they're actually seeking to depoliticize Christianity and right. extract it from politics. Yep. But the work we're doing is saying no Christianity is inherently irreducibly political. Mm -hmm. So um, can you explain then the difference in how we're talking about politics and political and when yeah. people want to take Christianity out of politics, like how that's mm -hmm. a different thing than what we're saying? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I hear what you're saying because I resonate with that. Like when people say Christianity has gotten too political in general, I think I know what you mean and I agree. <laughs> um, but what we mean by political is just that Christianity has a way, a preferred way you could say of organizing relationships. How is it that we live together? So anything that's political has to do with our life together in, in public, right? So like in public, how do we live together? Uh, and Christianity has to do with that. And so mm. one of the, I started the sermon basically by outlining, I think three temptations we encounter as Christians. And the first two are what you're, uh, the people who say we need to get politics out of Christianity. The first, the first two are having to do with that. And it's the temptation of the predominantly, these are caricatures, but the temptation of the left and the temptation of the right. And by the way, I got this out of, um, I think the first chapter or the introduction to Lee Camp's book. Yeah. Um, if we're going to talk about that book as well, um, where he, he kind of talks about the, the temptations of Christ, which happens by the way, right before Jesus announcement of the kingdom, right? So Jesus comes having been tempted in these ways to do politics in these ways. He have he comes having been tempted to do these politics in this way, but he comes announcing a new politic, a different politic. And the caricature is this, um, but it, it, there, there's some truth in it. Yeah. Um, on the right, we tend to try to leverage state power in order to use coercion to get people to do what we think is best. Right. So there's some mm -hmm. supposed Christian agenda. And the best thing that we can do as Christians is to, leverage state power, vote for the right president, mm -hmm. uh, get somebody in there who can, you know, get a judge in the seat who can, you know, overturn Roe versus Wade or whatever the, whatever the issue is that we think needs to happen. Yes. And we say, if we can leverage state power and to coerce the world towards this, that will be working for justice. Right. So that's, that's maybe the temptation predominantly on the right. I mean, obviously people on the left have this temptation too. The yeah. temptation on the left has to do with, um, perhaps reducing Christianity's political message to mainly just a progressive kind of platform of social activism. So all we're going to do is just denounce what we see as wrong. And uh, we're going to use shame. We're going to become cancel culture warriors using shame uh, to try to silence our, silence our enemies, you know, and that kind of thing. And we think that's how justice is going to come. So I think there's some people that look at that and they say, ugh, like that, that's, they know there's something wrong with that. And then they choose this third option, mm. which is what you're talking about. Get politics, get politics out of Christianity. And let's just make this about, let's just preach the gospel. And I'm using scare quotes there. If you're not I see watching those scare quotes, live, yeah. they're, they're yeah. very scary. Let's just preach the gospel and let's just be, um, let's just worry about our spiritual lives. Let's just, you know, practice prayer and meditation mm. and mm. Um, let's sort of leave this stuff behind. Let's try to float above it. Um, let, let's, let's not get admired, uh, in it. Um, but all three of those things, uh, relate a little bit to Jesus temptations, I think. And, uh, none of them really embrace the politics that, um, Jesus, uh, kind of outlined in the Sermon on the Mount. So yeah. the way that we're using political is to say, Jesus isn't endorsing the left or the right. He's also not endorsing a spiritualized version of faith that just sort of lets, lets the political world, well, you guys just do what you want. And I'm going to just sort of float on a cloud or levitate or stay above the fray. <laughs> just stay, just stay, stay out above, of it. Stay out of it. Just right? stay above the fray. You know, it's it's almost like um, it's almost like a version of, you know, in high school, like the temptation was to be like the cooler you were, the less you cared or like the less you cared, the cooler you were. Right. Mm. 
So it's almost like a version of that, I think, where it's like, don't, don't get all, you know, don't get all mired in the muckety muck there, you know, like stay above the fray. Um, let those people fight about politics, but that yeah. really doesn't have anything to do with us. We're just yeah. worried about, you know, Christian stuff. Um, but you know, the reason that that, that, that ignores the cries of the poor, it, it is an inherently privileged, uh, position that we, that we take, uh, yes. wealthy and privileged people can do that because, oh, does this really matter? Like, yeah, the poor have always known it matters. They've always known it matters. Um, and so that's not a Christian option for us because like God hears the cries of the poor. And so if we're going to ignore them, we're not participating in the politics of Jesus. Right. Exactly. So, so when, when people want to keep the church out of politics, what they mean is they want to keep the church out of partisan American politics. Yes. That's what they're saying. Yes. So they, yeah. they don't want pastors shilling for politicians. They don't totally. want that kind of thing, or like this passive aggressive coercion or manipulation of their congregation to vote one way or the other. Mm-hmm. But what Lee Camp talks about in Scandalous Witness and what we're hoping to talk about here is that the word politic doesn't mean partisan American civil yeah, government. It doesn't mean our political parties, the way that we have them organized. Right. So, so Lee then talks about politic as um, j- the word politic means an all encompassing manner of communal life that grapples with all the questions of classical art of politics is always asked. How do we live together? How do we deal with offenses? How do we deal with money? How mm-hmm. do we deal with enemies and violence? How do we arrange marriage and families and social structures? How is authority authority mediated, employed, and ordered? How do Mm -hmm. we rightfully order passions and appetites? Um, Where is human history headed? What does it mean to be human? What does it look like to live in a rightly ordered human community? So so what Lee is saying is that actually the problem isn't that that Christianity is too political. He says the problem is Christianity in America has vacated they're mm-hmm. calling to be a robust, uh, virtuous politic for the sake of the world. Yeah. And I, I think that's an important, I heard uh, David Fitch, our friend David Fitch, make this distinction uh, on a podcast a little while ago. And it, it, it's a helpful way of talking about it because this, mm. this is hard, for, um, hard to understand at first. Like, what are we talking about here? Um, and so, like, all of those questions are at play. But what we're trying to uh, preach through and learn how to do as a church in this Mm -hmm. season then is not just find the right answers to those questions and then like lobby the government to put into place those answers. Right. So we're not just trying to say, what's the best idea about justice and how do we like convince people to practice it? Yes. We're saying, no, as the church, we have a story that, that gives us answers to all of these questions. And our first responsibility as a political entity is to practice these things with each other. Yeah. So we inhabit a tradition of justice rather than advocate for a position of justice. Mm. Mm. That was a help. That was helpful for me to kind of like some pennies clicked into place there. So when we think, I think when we think of politics, we think of talking about ideas and trying to convince people to, to do them. Hmm. But when we're talking about the politics of Jesus and the politics of the church or the church being a politic, what we're saying is, no, we actually practice this together. And then we have, then we, and then we bear witness to the reality of what God is doing in our midst as we practice this together. It's a yes. completely different posture. Yeah. And so uh, Josh party, our friend, Josh uh, put a hey, comment Josh. up. Uh, do you see that comment there? You want to throw it up on yeah, the screen? Oh yeah. I forgot He's, I could he, do that. Yeah. Yeah. Show. There it is. Everybody can see it now. 
All right, let me read it, Matt, and um, then you can, is it a question? Let me read it and you can respond to it. What? I feel like, oh, sorry, were you going to do something? Well, I mean, he just, he, he reiterated the problem we're talking about. He says that the oh, issue yeah. that Americans, they think of political, they think of partisan politics. And right. so he says, how do we go about painting, how do we go about helping people understand that Jesus, uh, he says, has a politic, mm. um, right? Mm -hmm. And he thinks mm -hmm. it's going to take a lot of deconstruction. It will, it will. Sure. I think one of the things, Josh, that we're trying to do in this series is name the frame that mm -hmm. keeps us from hearing Jesus. Name mm. these frames. Mm -hmm. So the left-right binary frame um, is, is one of the frames that we operate in and use as a lens through which we see the text, and we don't even realize that we're using yeah. it. So let me give you an example. When Jesus says, blessed are the poor, in the Beatitudes. Mm. We're going to preach on this this weekend. Mm -hmm. um, many American Christians spiritualize that. So Luke says poor, Matthew says poor in spirit, and we hear poor in spirit. It's, it's spiritualized to mean people who are outside the religious power structures, right? These are the people Jesus hung out with, not the religious leaders, but other people. So we spiritualize it. Um, but, he, but here's the deal. One of the reasons we do that is because in America, in, in America 2020, to have a moral framework that is concerned about the poor is typically associated with liberal or progressive or democratic platforms. Um, yeah? You tracking with me, Ben? Right. Yeah. Yes. It definitely so, is thought to be that way. Yes. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying I'm not even advocating whether that's true or not. I'm just saying right. I think that's the this dominant what happens in our minds. Yes. Yeah. Uh, but in scripture. So so our frame tells us that seeking to help the poor, feeding them, giving them clothes or, or, or money is a liberal progressive concern. But in scripture, if we read the prophets, if we read Jesus, that is a moral, morally conservative concern. Meaning, it's <laughs> yeah. it's the thing that um, that Jesus is trying to reclaim. Yeah, he's trying to say, uh, I want to conserve this part of Judaism that mm -hmm. was concerned about taking care of the poor. So it had jubilee laws and gleaning laws and all these kinds of things you could and couldn't yeah. do yeah. with poor people. So yeah. so here so here's one way that the frame interacts with us scripture considers caring for the poor to be a morally conservative thing whereas yes. our culture considers taking care of the poor the way the scripture commands it to be a progressively liberal thing yep right which is yeah. just it's it's uh, i happen to know that's asinine so that that <laughs> that, that really that really good. we need to we need to name the frame yes. And yeah. then say, how does this compete with? How is it in tension with? How does it, how does Jesus disagree with it? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that happens all through the Sermon on the Mount. Yeah. 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 And so there, there is some work. I mean, I'm, I'm a little, uh, there is some work to do in the sermon because um, we have done that, not just with poor in spirit, but with, with a lot of it. We're sort of turned it into these like private moral instructions to become a nicer person. Like, and this is the spiritual thing, right? Right. Yeah. So we spiritualize it and we just think, oh, Jesus is just trying to tell us how to be nicer. Right. Um, 
but you know, you don't get killed for trying to tell people to be nice. You know, <laughs> you get killed because you embody and proclaim a politic that's threatening to the political order. Um, yes. Yeah. So there is that, that's the work we have to do uh, in the, in our sermons. Right. Um, and in our yes. conversations to kind of further answer your question, Josh, I think is to help to deconstruct some of how we're seeing those things. Um, and, and this, this gets to what the call was after, and, and the good news of, of the sermon that I preached on Sunday, there is a call to repent. I think this is, there's a reason Jesus says repent and believe the good news is, is a, there's a change of allegiance required here. Um, because I think a lot of times what prevents people from seeing this is not necessarily just the frame that they have, but the reason the frame is there is they have some allegiance to that frame or the, yes. the entity or whatever that, that gave them that frame, that it feels uh, very dangerous. It feels like an existential crisis sometimes to leave that frame, to think, well, gosh, if I start saying blessed are the poor, if I start advoc advocating for, you know, the poor to be taken care of, what will all my Republican friends think? Or, you know what I mean? Like there, ha there, there has to be this reckoning with, man, I've staked my identity in some of these things, which is why we use that image uh, in the sermon. We use that image of calling the disciples away from yeah. what they had pledged their allegiance to, which was family and vocation and yeah. the things that they had said, these are most important. And Jesus says, follow me. And they have to leave those things and say, you know what? I'm going to reorganize all of my priorities underneath Jesus and his kingdom. So it's a, it's a pledge of allegiance that we're making as we follow Jesus. We pledging allegiance to Jesus. Right. And so then to say neither right nor left nor spiritual is to say these are the ways that we typically uh, quarter off, section off the Sermon on the Mount to mm -hmm. actually not have to repent. Right. <laughs> right. right. It just and, it just sounds like it affirms. Eh, that sounds great. You know. Right. And so uh, and so we we kind of have this religious antipathy to make the Sermon on the Mount supple, right? So we want to like mm. bend it and twist it into our own sort of conceived notions about how we do things, right? But but what we want to do uh, in this series is to say, no, no, let's, let's actually read this as though it's calling us to repent here and now, and let's not spiritualize it, abstract it. Let's, and let's not then make Jesus uh, a donkey riding a uh, social justice warrior or an mm -hmm. elephant riding compassionate conservative. Mm -hmm. But let's, let's actually, let's actually let Jesus and his kingdom and the way he yeah. wants to order society reorder our church. Yes. So here's my question then for you. My okay. second question. Uh -huh. second when question. I, when I hear neither left nor right, nor spiritual, uh, one of my concerns, Ben, well, you got concerns now. I do. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I I really, uh, yeah, I really, uh, I do have concerns. Okay. So one of my concerns is that uh, that that's just a fancy way of of both sides of them. Mm -hmm. There's yeah. There's good people on both sides. Let's not critique the left. Let's not critique the right. Mm -hmm. Let's try to do this middle. Yeah. middle way we stay above the fray it's not exactly spiritualizing everything but but we we want to be really really so in some of our attempts to be so careful not to be partisan yeah we want to if you say something bad about the left you have to say something bad about the right right if you say right, something yeah. good about the left you have to say something good about the right so tell mm -hmm. me tell me tell me 
how this isn't just yeah a, a just a warmed over big fat bulbous hairy dose of both siderism yes well my initial response is listen to the rest of the series matt and i think you'll find out but uh but you're but you're right that i think that that it could be conceived in that way that it is a uh like a like a both sides kind of stay above the fray don't offend anybody be an equal opportunity offender you know that kind of thing um and I don't think, I mean, honestly, I had that concern as I preached the sermon as well, um, knowing I only had 16 minutes and I couldn't answer all the questions. So, Well, here I am with the questions. I'm, I'm glad that we're doing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, would, I would say, I, I don't think, I think that way of thinking is still, we're still locked inside the binary of left-right, where we're thinking in terms of left and right, right? So we're thinking in terms of, if I'm going to critique the president, then I also have to critique Black Lives Matter, right? As though, as though uh, I live in this system that I'm supposed mm. to, that I'm responsible to balance. But I think what we're trying to gain an imagination for was what it would, what would it look like to leave it behind, and realize we're we're not leave it behind in the sense of like, you know, go to heaven or or you know the spiritual option, but to leave it behind as an imaginary, so that we don't we're, our imaginations aren't captive to those thoughts where it's like if I critique if I criticize the president, I also have to criticize the left like to just say, no, actually I'm, I'm going to try to take as, as honestly as I can, the politics of Jesus and what he says, I'm going to, we're going to live that out in community and we're going to bear witness to that. And wherever that resonates or slaps somebody in the face, so be it. Yeah. Right. So be it. Um, and, and we'll, we'll let the chips fall where they may, uh, but we're going to follow Jesus and that, you know, that might mean we, we march with black lives matter. Right. That that might mean we put out a statement in support of some presidential policy that might mean all kinds of things, but it doesn't necessarily have to be constrained within that left, right, kind of both siderisms, you know, binary. Yeah. So yeah. I, that, that's my best attempt, I guess, at, at talking about how we're trying to think about this in a, yeah. in a new way, in a different way. All right. Well, we need to do it. We need we to just do. preach through this whole series. So here's what here's the plan. Sometime on okay. Tuesday afternoon every week, we're going to show up at Facebook Live. Uh, next week, Spencer Ruark is preaching, so it'll be the two of us and him. People from our church are invited to also come. So we're mm-hmm. sending out are we sending out the Streamyard link or just the Facebook Live link. Oh well, uh, for people are from our yeah, anyway, we'll we'll sort that out. I, All right, people from our church will be invited, but yeah, I, people, I don't know yeah. Quite how to do it yet. <laughs> <laughs> ben, was that hard for you to say? Was that hard for you to like just say? I don't know how to do to it. say what. I don't know how to oh, do no. it yet. Uh, no, I don't think it was hard. No, I just real. I just realized that I didn't know how to do oh, it. All right, like oh yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, all right. Um, yeah, uh, yes, Scott uh, slash Alicia <laughs> Lemming. I am wearing the Pax woodworking you, shirt. This podcast sponsored by Pax Custom Woodworking. Do you need um, a new dining? No. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll be here every week, every Tuesday through uh, November, uh, talking about a different segment of the text we're preaching. If you want to follow along with us, highly mm-hmm. recommend Scandalous Witness again by Lee Camp. Yes. And What If Jesus Was Serious by, by Scott Chitani. Both are yep. uh, well worth the read. And um, yeah, I guess that's it. Look, let me uh, let me take us out yeah. with some inspiration. Can oh. I do that? Oh, there there was a Hauerwas quote 
was a, it was a baller quote that I didn't fit into my sermon. I didn't feel like I had, I had the, the margin for it, yes. uh, but I want to read it. So let me read this quote from Howard Ross and we're going to yes. let uh, the chorus of one of my favorite songs from 2004, maybe take us out of here. Okay. This is the quote from Howard Ross. When he called his society together, Jesus gave its members a new way of life to live. He gave them a new way to deal with offenders by forgiving them. He gave them a new way to deal with violence by suffering. He gave them a new way to deal with money by sharing it. Hmm. He gave them a new way to deal with problems of leadership by drawing on the gift of every member, even the most humble. He gave them a new way to deal with a corrupt society by building a new order, not smashing the old. He gave them a new pattern of relationship between man and woman, between parent and child, in which was made concrete a radical new vision of what it means to be human. That's what we're studying. That's what we're going to look at. Amen. I love it. Isn't that good? Isn't that good? Inject that into my veins. My first allegiance is not to a flag. Oh boy, here we go. Country or a man. My first allegiance is not to democracy or blood. It's to a king and a kingdom. All right. Thank you for that. That's wonderful. All right, everybody. A little cheesy. That was fun. <laughs> you, you're having fun with the uh, technologies. I am. This is great. Uh, looking forward to these conversations, everyone. Yeah, me too. We'll see you next time. Peace. Peace, everybody.